0: where business ideas and passions turn into profit. Napkin ideas are no longer tucked away in drawers, and women around the globe are turning their hobbies into million-dollar businesses. Welcome to Million Dollar Hobbies. Here's your host, world-renowned jewelry designer and Shop HQ celebrity, Victoria Wick.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Million Dollar Hobbies show where we turn your dreams into reality so that you could live the life you deserve to live. Hi, I'm Victoria Wick, and uh, thank you so much for returning and listening to my podcast week after week. I have um, great appreciation for your time, and uh, you have no idea how much that means to me. Uh, So let's dive right in. Um, Today, I want to speak about what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. What What is an entrepreneur? What, what do you do? What are all your challenges? And I want to go over you know, a few things here, uh, sort of like a, a big, uh, a 40,000 uh, foot view of what an entrepreneurship is and what, you're, what you've signed up for, okay? Because it just gives you a little bit about the the awesomeness as well as all the responsibilities that go with that. Sometimes we get overwhelmed by them. And I just thought it'd be really nice to touch, um, sort of touch on some of those things. And if you have not uh, subscribed and rated my show already, please do so. I would appreciate that very, very much. So what does it take to become a successful entrepreneur? Um, I want to say that the very first thing that I would focus on is you need to figure out, focus on what is your why. I mean, and it's really important that you figure that out before anything else. And that's going to drive everything you do, meaning not only everything that you do, but also everything that you say you're going to do to your customers, employees, everything that's on your website, it's going to kind of impact that you have no idea how big that one point is. So focus on why and not what. So for example, I do, I do jewelry design. And when people ask me, what do you do for a living? I say, even though I do jewelry design, I understand that, but I say that I help people crystallize their milestones, the most important milestones in their lives. Cause you know, that's what they come to me for, for those special occasions, memories. And in my family, the jewelry that women have worn since the year 1310 my family history goes back to written history goes back to the year 1310 so somehow uh, all my ancestors kind of uh, wrote down their family history who lived who got married when and who died so we have this amazing history and within that all the jewels when they acquired who got married all of that stuff kind of survives and so you know, I was fascinated with that and I thought, how great is it that I'm in this business that helps people memorialize it, you know, create these memories, but also really tell history of, of who they are. That it's, you know, so I designed pieces that were very personality reflective. So that's one of those. I gave you just like one example of what is your why. Now, when you talk about what is your why, it cannot be about money. Because if it is about money, you could always go get a job. You could get a second job. You could get. You could keep climbing up the corporate ladder. So some for some reason you chose not to do that. So what is your why is really important. And I also tell this story often whenever I'm speaking at a speaking event. Um, I have a girlfriend, who is a um, attorney. And when people ask her, you know, what do you do? Instead of answering, I'm an attorney. She says something like, you know what? Let me tell you why I do what I do. Um, I grew up in a uh, with two parents who absolutely hate each other. Like they almost killed each other in front of my face many times. And by the time they were done with uh, getting divorced, the two of them, my both of my parents, have uh, sent their lawyers to elite colleges, bought their houses, but their own kids were broke. I was broke, and I was broke emotionally and financially, at to start over. And I hate, you know, grew up just hating. Uh, just the thought of getting married. So she says that she became an attorney so that she could make sure that no other child would ever have to go through what she went through. So she is an attorney, but she's an attorney who is an advocate for children of divorce. So she gets just amazing clients who are going through the divorce and you know she does a lot of speaking and so forth. So again, focus on why and not what you do, because people really don't care what you do. They care about why you do what you do. So remember that that's a very huge big point. Secondly, uh, being an entrepreneur is a huge privilege. It's also one that comes with a lot of responsibilities of being the big boss. You don't get a paycheck, uh, no matter how good you are, unless you pay yourself a paycheck. But even that doesn't come to you. You have to go out and be creative. Even if you're not a creative person, you got to be creative about how you create wealth. You have to create the business so that that business comes to you. You get uh, checks from your you know, customers or whoever you're dealing with. And then you not only get yourself paid, but you're also sort of responsible for creating wealth for your employees and everybody in the pack, your suppliers, your Uh, you know, vendors, uh, everybody who is involved with your business, you're you're creating wealth for them as well. So that is a huge responsibility. And then lastly, think about what you do every day to get that paycheck. Every day, you can only pay yourself if you can create and add value to other people's lives. Think about um, how you get paid, you know, whatever business you have, whether it's a service or you're selling a product, unless you can convince, you know, massive number of people that you are adding value, you're solving their problems, you're making them feel better, you're making them lose weight, whatever your product does, you're adding value to to their lives and that's the only way you get paid. So that to me is a huge privilege, but also a lot of responsibility. So embrace both, okay? Because you are gonna have to embrace both. now, the other thing I want to say is, when, you, when I say add value, um, a lot of times, even when you add a lot of value, sometimes that will not translate into business. And it's okay. You know, if you are adding value, you go to a community center and you uh, volunteer at a senior event or you volunteer at Battered Women's uh, play, Shelter. They're not exactly in a place where they can actually buy your service from you and make your life richer, but they make your life richer in many other ways. You're actually going to be so um, empowered, inspired, and in doing good. I mean, you, you'd be surprised how many times it comes back to you tenfold when you do share knowledge because people want to share great people, you know, you know word about great people. And that's what happens. You know, it comes back to you tenfold. So go out and... Add value to everyone else, whether they pay you or not. You know, hopefully a lot of people do pay you, but go ahead and do it. And you'll be amazed at the types of relationships you build, uh, types of trust you build among your community, among your you know, members. And it, it, even if none of those things actually happen to you right away, I have to think that that's some of the most rewarding things you could do as an entrepreneur. So um, I'm somebody who, you know, it, it people just have to ask. I'm out there. I volunteer. In fact, I overcommit to everything. And that's why I really never have time to do my own podcast here because I don't do a lot of these solo events uh, for you. So fourth uh, point here is expect and embrace failure. So when you, you know, expect failure, when you manage people, um, when you have you know, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 employees, you know what? Life happens to all of them. You know, sometimes somebody's going to have a broken car. Somebody has a death in their family. Somebody has, you know, somebody with cancer. I hope none of these are happening to you. But this is what makes entrepreneurship so difficult because you have to be sympathetic. You have to have empathy. You have to treat all your employees like they're family. At the same time, your customers do deserve to be served the best way they can, you know. So balancing all the things are not easy. So something goes wrong almost every day in my life when that does, embrace it and, um, and think of it as a gift. I'm going to give you one example. Years ago, I had this um, employee. His name is Jimmy. And Jimmy doesn't mind me talking about this because we kind of laugh about this now. But um, we got a huge order from uh, HSN, actually. And they ordered um, like a whole suite, you know, uh, emerald, ring, earrings, pendant, um, and a bracelet, okay? So all matching, they were all 14 karat yellow gold. And for some reason, um, he, when Jimmy basically ordered it from our manufacturing facility, he ordered some of these things in yellow gold and some of them in white gold. Well, my buyer at the other end said, you know what, it's a sweet, so our customers aren't gonna have white gold earrings with yellow gold pendant, for example, so I'm gonna have to cancel the whole order. And I wanna say it was like a $300,000 order, the whole thing. And we had no other place to go sell it. I mean, not everybody's out there looking for $300,000 worth of mismatched earrings and pendants. Um, I mean, it was a huge, it was a very taxing thing on our company. So what do I do? And he was in a management position, so he should have known better, but he he was a little bit careless and, it ended up costing our company uh, some enormous amount of money at that time and we were very cash tight at that time. this was a long time ago so what did i do with that i you know i looked at okay so first of all number one thing i thought about was what do we do now what can we do to salvage this order secondly how can i avoid this from ever happening again for the rest of our lives because something like this could have easily happened before but it didn't happen until now. And now it's basically killing us. So we don't, if something like this happened again in the next month, we would just go out of business. So, first thing I did was I called a buyer and asked her if she would basically, instead of canceling it that month, if she would buy the half and the other half, if she would pretty much just cancel the one that was wrong, the white gold one that was wrong. And asked, you know, I asked her if she would take it like 60 days from now. And she said she would do it at a drastic discount because she had it ready for May, which was um, birthstone month for May. Uh, for May, emerald was a birthstone for May, and she would have gotten this by j- late June or July. And she, you know, she didn't want to risk that, so I had to give her, you know, a discount plus an ability for it to return, but she didn't sell. But. But what I did too, though, is I had a meeting with my um, entire team and I pretty much had them go through my entire stock, every single stock. There were like ten or 15,000 know, pieces of it, but they spent the whole, I mean, probably the rest of the year on their downtime. So every single item now, now at the end of our, our stock number, it, would, it has you know, YG for yellow gold, WG for white gold and RG for rose gold. So every style number will not be entered unless you put the gold color on there. So that, you know, I kind of fixed the problem for good. So it's kind of idiot proof. But again, embracing your failure and getting the gift out of that, because we have never made that same mistake again for the next 20 years, really. And that first one probably cost us at the end about $50,000, out of pocket 50,000 bucks. But it was a $50,000 lesson that we learned all the way throughout the whole career. And as you know, we've done over $500 million in sales. So that actually worked out to be a pretty inexpensive lesson. Now, next um, point, managing your fears. As, um, as entrepreneurs, we are fearful people. Every decision you make could make or break you. You go out there and put everything you have on the line. you emotions, your time, um, the money that you've saved for the last 10 years, everything is on the line. Not everything is on the line completely, but they're on the line. And so it's, it's fearful, you know, every morning you get up, it could be, there could be a bombing, there could be a COVID, there could be who knows what. So, you know, we get, we're nervous people as, as a group. And so what I say is a lot of companies, a lot of people teach you how to overcome your fears. I would say learn to manage your fears, because if you overcome that fear, whatever fear you were working on, you're going to have new fears tomorrow. And when you overcome that, you're going to have new fears the following day. You can't go to enough mastermind classes to go do this. So learn how to manage your fears. So, you know, for example, for myself, if I fear, um, geez, you know, if I came up with whole um, collection of, you know, rubies, for example, and uh, you know their Burmese movies are beautiful, and they are what you know all these things that should say that it should sell well, but there could be uh, Bur- Burma is known as Myanmar. There could be a political angle to this. There could be the mine might be shut down because of you know the, the government the military came in. There's all these things that could happen, and that fear is legitimate, right? So what do you do to manage your fears? One of the things I do is I do as much homework as I can. I I try to manage my fears. So the best case scenario, the worst case scenario, and can I live with either one? And if I can't, I have to then take action so that I get to the point where if the worst came, the worst happened, I could still live with that. I wouldn't like it, but I could still recover from that. So that's how I manage my fears. And I think think that that is, um, and also understanding that gives you a little confidence that even in the worst case scenario. And because the worst case scenario is not likely to happen, it could, but it's not likely to happen, that I could live with that. And that gives you a little bit of confidence to take that action. So managing fears is a kind of an important thing. Managing self-doubt, that's the other thing too, is um, even if you're very strong-willed and somebody who, um, you know, like myself, I really don't uh, pay a lot of attention to what other people say to me about, you know, my own actions or, you know, every anything else, because I, I have a very, very hard core uh, about my morality, myself, my abilities, because I've had to kind of rely on that for more, more times than I'd like. Um, so, but even then, self-doubt can seep in. When you're insecure, when you're fearful, a lot of things can come in and start, you can start to doubt your actions. When you do that, what I do is, you know, if i'm stuck between what well, do i offer this in white or blue or do i do this you know do i offer a thousand dollar five thousand dollar program whatever it is that you that you I, you know would anybody really pay uh twenty five thousand dollars for this ring that i just designed you know what i do is i go online and i do an online poll um and i would say you know if you won't pay it what 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 would I have to do to get get that paid? For example, do you want more diamonds? Do you want more designs on them? Or so if you start to actually involve other people, you're gonna get a very diverse um, opinions on that as on top of the people that you know that you can count on, they can give you some advice as well. Again, we are not going to eliminate self-doubt because if you completely eliminate self-doubt because things will happen. I think that managing them is much healthier So you have to live with a certain amount of fear and you have to live with a certain amount of self-doubt. Making decisions. You know, if you make decisions, you're going to make some bad decisions, okay? I've made some pretty bad decisions. It's unavoidable because we have to make decisions based on the information that we have. We don't have complete information all the time. Look at, if we find out that there are 4,000 people in this community that's willing to pay you uh, $500 for a haircut, you know, on a Wednesday, well, you know, everyone would take the same, same action. You would have haircut sessions on Wednesday for $500 in bullseye, but we don't have complete sets of information most of the time. So we are making decisions in real time with incomplete information. So you get as much information as you can, but by the time you do that, other people have taken action. So you kind of need to make those decisions as you, you know, cut, not on the fly, but with incomplete information. When you do, you are going to make some bad decisions. So I think the best thing to do again is play the percentages. So if you are right 70% of the time and you're wrong, you know, three out of 10 times, don't fuss with it. Learn from that. And if you do that, think about it this way. Babe Ruth, I'm not a big baseball player, but I doubted that he had 700 batting average. Because um, that's what it comes down to. If you consistently make good decisions seven out of ten times, that is a really good percentage. So don't get yourself all hooked up or you know, sort of rattled up, you know, by God, that was a horrible decision. Why did I do this? Don't do that. Just move on. Be resilient. Um, resilience is really important for entrepreneurship because when things happen, self-doubt comes in, uh, you fear things, it's easy to give up. Well, don't give up because if you're resilient and you stay with your decisions, you stay with, you know, what's right things can go straight but you will eventually find the right path and you will succeed but if you're not resilient and you give up you'll never know what was possible right so if you're always looking for the ordinary thing you know the ordinary uh, results ordinary uh, you know the three step to success and you get it you'll just never know how amazing things could have been if you took a little risk and you were resilient enough to stick to that and see what's possible Point number nine, um, attracting people who are smarter than you. And this is really important. You know, I love it when I go into a room and everybody has, it's a lot smarter smarter than me because when they are smarter than you, you have a lot more opportunities to learn. I mean, I hate to be in a world where I'm the smartest person because I'm very limited in a lot of things. So um, number 10 is take care of yourself. It's like when you go uh, on a flight, I'm about ready to fly, I think Wednesday for the first time in a long time. And, um, I always, it reminds me that when, um, they go through the safety issues, they say to, if you have a child, put your oxygen mask on yourself first. It's the same thing. Take care of yourself because it's like that oxygen mask. If you take care of yourself, only then you can help other people. So take care of yourself every once in a while. Cause a lot of times like women, a lot of women entrepreneurs you know, we let go of a lot of things. We're the last people who take care of ourselves. And I would argue that every once in a while, it is important for you to do a check and balance and take care of yourself. Uh, and then my last point here is I like to constantly uh, educate myself, learn, be curious. Um, I read a lot. Um, I know it's really boring. Nowadays, it's not the most popular thing, but I read a lot of the business sections in Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Fortune, uh, Entrepreneur, Inc Magazine, uh, BBC, even the uh, Southern China Morning Post. Um, A lot of these papers will have headlines. I mean, I don't go through all of it, but when you read all of those, what you'll find that is you'll find some common thread between how the economy is going, um, you know, how small businesses are, you know, uh, suffering or in your sometimes end up with amazing story that applies to your business directly. So um, that is pretty much what I would say. I mean, there's a lot more um, angles and facets and variables that go into entrepreneurship, but those are the pretty major ones that I would, I would say that uh, sort of encapsulates all the major pillars of Things that we struggle with, but I just want to tell you, I'm proud of all of you that you are still, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're still out there listening to content. Uh, You are curious about about learning and you are curious about how you evolve to the next level. And I'm very um, appreciative that you're giving me this time every week. And um, again, I'm asking you to please uh, subscribe and give me an honest review so I can get, um, you know, I'm looking for feedback, not necessarily a rah-rah session. So please uh, rate and review and subscribe and share. And don't forget to check out my website where I am going to give you, offer a lot of free webinars and their webinars are going to be pretty long and you're going to get some amazing ways to elevate your your voice, amplify your voice and um, build a personal brand. So check it out. And uh, if you want to be a guest on this show, um, you can go to the website there too. And there is a little section that, that you can actually fill out a form, be a guest. We only pick a few. Um, I only have 26 guests a year. So you can tell, I can tell you it's a little competitive there, but I'd love to hear your story. And um, you never know. You know, I think I'll put put on about four or five people that have unique stories from those guest forms. So please do so as, um, you know, at your earliest convenience and, uh, until next time, please stay healthy and safe and keep remembering that happiness is a choice.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to million dollar hobbies, where we turn dreams into reality and passion into profit. According to ancient Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step congratulations on taking that first step today. For more information on how Victoria can help you turn your hobby into a million dollars and to download Victoria's free ebook on passion-based business ideas, visit milliondollarhobbies.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player.